I try to prioritize creating content over consuming content. You're listening to episode number 76 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and today's episode is an interview with me all about my job. So I recently had another TikTok go viral. I think it's at around 300,000 views as of right now when I'm recording, and it was just a daily vlog, um, a day in my life as a content creator, influencer manager, and I got so many questions from people in the comments and in my DMs about my job and what do I actually do and how did I get here? Did I go to school for it? What's my advice? So when Jada reached out on Instagram to interview me about my job, I thought this is the perfect opportunity to answer some of these most frequently asked questions and put it into a new podcast episode for you guys. Um, There's a few other episodes I've done about my career, episodes 54 and 64 specifically. I talk more about how I got here, answering some more of those questions, and opening my agency and that whole process. But nevertheless, there is always more questions, and so today's episode is going to be Um, an interview with Jada where she's actually interviewing me and asking me all the questions that she had about my job, what I do. We talk a little bit about what it takes to be a content creator, um, any advice that I have for young content creators starting out, if I think university is necessary, all of those questions that I get in my DMs daily. So if you're somebody trying to break into this industry, hopefully you find this interview and this episode helpful. Um, Before we jump into the episode, I also just want to mention that I do have a Patreon for Self-Care Sunday. I am so, so thankful for the patrons that I already have over there supporting monthly. It's basically like buying me a coffee or contributing to my Sunday coffee fund. There's a $3 tier and a $6 tier. There's different benefits with each tier. The patrons get sneak peeks to new merch drops, um, exclusive polls. You guys can ask me questions there that are guaranteed to be answered on the podcast. And honestly, it just helps me uh, keep this podcast as ad-free as possible for now. And if you're a fan of comfy, cozy t-shirts, sweatshirts, that sort of thing, make sure to check out my sustainable merch linked in the show notes, selfcaresunday.co. And finally, the last thing I want to mention is that I'm streaming on Twitch now officially. I'll also leave that in the show notes. Um, Come play Animal Crossing with me. A big part of my self-care this week, being stuck at home, in between working and that sort of thing, I've been jumping on Twitch and playing Animal Crossing, so come hang out, and now let's get into the episode. Yeah, so whatever you want to ask, go for it. I don't have like any, I'm literally not doing anything today other than I'm going to go play Animal Crossing. So. Oh, me too. Yep. <laughs> really? Do you have it too? I do. It's so much fun. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just started playing like two days ago because all my friends got it like the day that it came out. And then I was so busy with work and stuff. I was like, okay, I finally need to start playing. And now I'm like, that's all I want to (laughs) do. It's addicting. Like I didn't think it would be. I didn't play the original version. So when this one came out, I was like, hey, let's try it. And I'm addicted. So. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that. So I do have, I have quite a few questions here for you. Okay. Um, So the first one, um, 
pretty much just can you just like describe your job like what does your job look like on a day-to-day basis yeah so my job is consisted of like two different parts one is working on the brand side for brand clients and one is more on the talent management side so i would say 50 percent of my time is spent working for brand clients they'll hire me to basically create manage and run their entire influencer campaigns um, usually micro influencer campaigns so They're hiring me and I have to basically research different influencers, find the right fit for them, um, craft the entire like campaign strategy. And then I'm doing the outreach and negotiating with influencers on behalf of the brands. Um, And then on the talent management side, I rep a handful of influencers on Instagram and TikTok. And basically what I do for them is manage all the business side of their collaborations. So When a brand reaches out to them, I'm the contact person that's giving them the rates, um, negotiating on behalf of the influencer, and then the influencers basically just get to focus on the content creation, and I'm focusing on being the bad guy and asking for more money. (laughs) Okay, so with having all of these different branches of work and everything, um, what would you say that you enjoy the most about your job? Mm, I love working on different projects. So I'm not doing the same type of thing every single day. Um, Probably every three months or so I'm working with new brands and working on new creative concepts. And I do get that blend of being very creative and helping like come up with the strategies and finding the right influencers, but also the business side. So I love having that blend between the two. And then what is the biggest downside? Like, uh, what challenges do you find you face the most working for yourself, but having all of these different projects on the go? I guess I've really had to learn like time management and prioritizing um, what's most important. So because I have so many things going on, whether it's brand clients or influencers that I'm managing, I've really had to learn how to organize my days in a way that I can make sure I'm getting to everybody and answering emails on time and prioritizing like the things that really need to get done for each client. Um, So that can be tricky when you're working for yourself and, you know, you don't have a boss telling you like, these are the top three things you need to get done today. You really have to be the person to figure out what's most important and prioritize that yourself. When I'm reaching out or talking to other content creators or influencers that um, I know, they their typical piece of advice is to just be yourself and that's what will get you farther in this industry um do you agree with that or do you think that there is obviously like a lot more that goes into it other than just like being yourself Mm. yeah I mean I think it's super important to not just be yourself but to show pieces of yourself that make your personality stand out and that make you unique especially if you're trying to grow your following or Um, you know, stand out for brand deals. There's so many influencers, so many content creators, and really the only way to stand out is to be different. But what are those things that make you different? And so it's one one thing to be like, okay, it's important to be yourself, but what does that actually mean? And what are like the cool, quirky things about you that you can show in your content or write about or make videos about or whatever that are going to make you kind of memorable to more people? And so I think um, also like carving out your niche is really important. So that kind of goes hand in hand with what are those things about you that make you different? Like what are the things that you're really interested in or passionate about, whether it's 
Animal Crossing <laughs> or self-care or um, specific like gluten-free food, like whatever those things are that make up the parts of you that are unique, you can kind of translate that into your niche and you don't need to have just one niche. Um, you can have like a couple different things that you focus on, but that people are going to remember you for and come back to you for. And I think that's really important in terms of building out your content strategy around these niches, because that's what's going to help brands find you and know that you're a good person to work with in terms of that type of content. And it's going to help you like build a more loyal following of people who are like really interested in the, the same things that you're interested in. Okay. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, would you say that there's a perfect person for this job, like character traits and personality traits? Like, of course, like you said, like um, showing your quirky parts, but do you think like as a whole that there's certain people that do better than others? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be very patient and very resilient. And so recognizing that nothing happens overnight. I mean, some people get really lucky and will have like a video go viral or something that will change their life. But most of those content creators that have something go viral will tell you that they've been working on it for like months and months or years before they had that viral moment. And so having the patience to know that you just need to like show up every day, create content, keep working on the things that you're working towards and not expect things to happen so quickly, which I think is hard when we live in like a very fast paced digital world and you see, you know, you consume like thousands of pieces of content every day, um, hundreds of TikToks, like hundreds of photos. And I think like being in such a fast paced online world almost makes it feel like we need to be moving super fast. And if our content is not blowing up right away or we're doing things for like a few months and it hasn't taken off, like you feel kind of discouraged and you just want things to happen quickly. But I think it's really important to like be resilient, um, understand that nothing really good comes immediately and it's going to take a lot of time. And a lot of the best content creators have been working at this for like years and years before they get their big break. And so I think understanding like that it is work and that you do have to work at it and be okay with, you know, not being famous immediately. Um, the people that are doing it and uh, are just like really proud of the work that they're putting out and have fun with their content. I think that's like a really important personality trait versus being really anxious and like, judging yourself for every piece that you put out if it doesn't perform exactly how you wanted it to because yeah it's just like such a longer gameplay than most people think yeah definitely and I know that you're a, a big fan of TikTok um yes. <laughs> all, like their algorithm is so much better and I feel like you can find um a, a bigger variety of like people and their personalities on TikTok compared to when you go to like Instagram where you you typically just see like the same type of person so mm. I'm definitely finding it harder to grow a following on Instagram just because everything's kind of the same compared to as TikTok gives you all this variety but how does working from home with all of your because you do have your podcast you have your self-care Sunday merch as well um, which is super cute by the way <laughs> thank <laughs> um, you but does working from home ever affect your daily life do you find that you kind of put yourself aside and do more work like throughout your day mm, that's a good question like, <laughs> stuff. 
Yeah, I used to be really bad at this. So I've been working for myself for, well, since I graduated university. So 2014, six years. (laughs) I've been working for myself for six years. And the first three years, I was working in a startup environment. And I feel like um, that whole atmosphere is very hustle driven and very like work, 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 work all the time. And I think There's a time and place for that. Um, A lot of people are very motivated by that type of like fast paced lifestyle. And, you know, it's, it can be inspiring to be working all the time and like see things happening. But I became really burnt out by the end of that. And I left that company to start freelancing mostly because I wanted to, I needed like an emotional (laughs) break from working all of the time, which can happen very easily when you're working for yourself because you do have so many things you need to do. Like you, there's never, there's never a a time when you can clock out. Like there's always something more you can be doing to further your business. Um, so yeah, I became very stressed out, burnt out, and I left that company. Um, and then When I started freelancing, I think I learned better how to manage my time and kind of separate my personal from my professional. And it's kind of molded into the same again in the past year or so because so much of my work is connected to my personal. Like my personal Instagram is also a business account and I like make money through sponsored posts. And most of my friends now are also content creators. So when we're hanging out as friends, we're also talking about work things and the industry and content creation. Um, So there is like a lot of crossover, but I think I've gotten a lot better at separating the two and just knowing like when to zone out. Like this weekend, I basically told myself like, I'm not doing any work this weekend. Um, I had to kind of set more boundaries for myself around like, okay, no answering emails after 7 p.m. Like no opening your laptop to work on anything after like certain times. Like I try not to work too much on weekends. I used to do a lot more, but um, just like really separating that personal from professional because you're right, like you're not coming home from the office and then hanging out. Like there's no office to come home from. Like my house is my office. So it can be really easy to have the two blend together. It just takes like a little bit of boundary setting. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of um, like anxiousness when you're not – doing something like I I personally I feel like when I'm not working on something or just doing something productive I definitely feel like bad like I could be doing more or I that's definitely been a struggle for me so separating that time is good but like you said like most of your friends and stuff are content creators or something mm-hmm. of that type so at least you get that social balance with your work as well mm-hmm. yeah I mean Yeah. Another positive is like, I genuinely enjoy my work. So it doesn't feel so much like work all the time. Like sometimes my work quote unquote is creating TikToks for a brand or like (laughs) shooting outfit photos for like a sponsored post, you know? So it's pretty (laughs) good work. Um, that is not like super stressful all the time, but it's still, I think important to like separate that from hobbies and like friend time. So you mentioned that you went to a a university before you started doing Mm -hmm. what you're doing now. Um, 
do you think that having an education, like a university education, is something that is important or needed for this career field? Like, do you think that it helped you? Um, or what did you take as well? Okay, so I did a Bachelor of Philosophy in Interdisciplinary Studies, um, okay. <laughs> which is, it was at the time the only leadership degree program in Canada. So I went to New Brunswick for that program specifically. Um, it was very small class sizes, like 20 people per class, um, only 70 people in the entire faculty. And what I took away from that experience was more so just the ability to think critically about projects or problems. Um, a lot of the classes were very hands-on experiential learning. So I did multiple internships throughout my degree. And originally I had wanted to go to law school afterwards and go into politics, which is why I did a degree in leadership. Um, but a lot of the internship experiences like translated into what I'm doing now. So for example, I did an internship with a mental health nonprofit for a couple months, um, working on their youth engagement programs. I did an internship teaching drama, <laughs> um, just like different things that were not necessarily related to any career path that I was going down, but kind of inched me closer to where I am now and like learned just different skill sets and, you know, interacting with people and leading groups and, you know, a million different things like that, that you don't really learn in a traditional like lecture hall. So for that reason, I really enjoyed my degree and I don't regret it at all. It It's not like directly related to what I'm doing now, obviously, but I know that if I didn't do that, my path would probably have looked very different. Um, so I don't think that it's necessary for everybody to go to university if they want to be getting into this field because so much of what I do now, I taught myself after school. Like I would say 90% of the skills that I have in social media and business and all of that were self-taught from like watching YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or going to seminars. Um, but I do think that university can be an awesome stepping stone in terms of networking, building cool experiences, um, and just depending on the program. Like I always suggest like small class sizes and something that's really experiential. I think that makes a really big difference. So you took, you were going into law. So what made it kind of click for you that that wasn't what you wanted to do anymore <laughs> and like made you more interested into going into this field instead? Yeah. Um, I think I was always a little bit torn between the two because I'm one of those people that is like very balanced. Like I was saying earlier, I love my career because I get to be creative and I get the business side. And so I was never fully like a full creator, creative person or a full analytical person. I've always been very much both. Yes. <laughs> and so it was hard for me to decide what I wanted to do. Um, but when I was in university, I got into different creative circles. I started like styling friends' photo shoots. I had a lot of like friends who were photographers and I would style their photo shoots or I would like model for them for fun. And this was like way before Instagram. Like yeah. it was literally just like a fun thing that we did. It wasn't like to post them really anywhere. Um, and then I started kind of like building a portfolio that way. And also one of my internships in university was a writing internship for a digital fashion magazine. Um, so I kind of had a couple different like steps in the fashion world and then I got signed to a modeling agency and 
just like so many pieces of my life outside of school were connected to fashion. And I've always been interested in fashion and thought that it was like really fun. And how cool would it be to like live in New York and be a fashion designer? And so in one of my um, classes in university, it was a social entrepreneurship class. And basically, I kind of like pitched the professor an idea of creating a clothing line as like a school project. So I basically started my first business as like a side project in school, but it turned into an actual business after class. And when I was graduating university, um, basically I was like faced with all of these decisions of like, do I keep going with all of this fashion stuff that's really fun? Or do I go on the path that like I originally intended to go on? And I even applied to do my master's in fashion studies at Parsons New School in New York, um, which I got accepted to. Yeah, it was like my dream school. (laughs) Um, But I realized basically around that same time that I had so many little things going on, like side hustles and projects. And I was like feeling very entrepreneurial. And I had started my clothing line as like a little side project. And I was like, maybe I should just try this entrepreneurial thing and just see where it goes because I already have my foot in like all of these doors and school will always be there. So I basically deferred school. Um, well, I had to decline. They actually wouldn't let me defer for a year. I wanted to defer for a year because I was like, maybe in a year I'll want to go. But they were like, no, you either have to say yes or no. So oh, wow. I said no. Um, and then I basically just like jumped into the fashion side of things after graduating university and gave myself a year. And I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. And, you know, if I completely go broke and all of this fails, then like I'll apply for school again. Um, But after a year, things were like growing really quickly, been featured in like BuzzFeed and MTV and like the online store was doing super well. So I decided to keep going with that business. And then, yeah, I did that for three years. And then that's when I started feeling really burnt out and started freelancing. And now I'm in the influencer world. And I haven't really thought, I mean, I have thought of going back to school. um, But it's one of those things where I feel like I don't need school at this point to do what I am doing or what I want to be doing. And so I'm kind of just, I've just been going with the flow and like taking on opportunities as they come. And who knows, maybe in like five or 10 years, I'll go back to school for fun. But well, I mean, here, yeah. If the other little things are working out, like um, I've had some friends who have turned down like all these amazing little opportunities to go to school and it hasn't worked out for them. So um, I definitely think that like, if you have that like gut feeling that you're supposed to be doing something, you should definitely follow it. But Um, is that clothing line that you started, um, back in university, is that one you carried over into self-care Sunday or was it different? Um, no, it was completely different. And then when I started self-care Sunday, it was basically after I left that company because I was feeling like I mentioned, like very burnt out and just like emotionally drained and self-care Sunday was kind of my outlet to share bits of my story and to explain like, why I had left my startup and what I was going through mentally and just to kind of like document that journey with my followers. And so I've been doing self-care Sunday for two years now, the podcast. Um, And I didn't really want to start another clothing line because I also realized like throughout everything that my values were just not really aligned with 
fast fashion anymore. And it's so hard to be a fashion designer that is like 100% sustainable because it becomes very expensive for the designer, but also expensive for people to buy those products. And so I just didn't really have a desire to start another clothing line, but I had been doing a lot of thrifting and I love seeing like people reselling thrifted stuff and thrifted stores and vintage stores and I kind of just had the idea. I was like, oh, why don't I just start like a self-care Sunday store with quote unquote merch, but instead of doing like fast fashion or t-shirts with like something printed on them, just sell exclusively um, thrifted, vintage, like sustainable pieces that are all curated to be like self-care Sunday approved. So cozy, comfy, colors that I love. And it's kind of just been like a fun little project. Like it's definitely not um, a main part of my business at this point, but it's been fun to just like dabble in that side of things again. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's a super cute idea. And again, like sustainable, which is something that you talked about wanting. Um, So then with your podcast as well, um, do you have any advice for people who are wanting to start a podcast? Like, is there stuff that you need to have? Do you need to have a following or um, that audience to have it do well? Or would you just say kind of go for it? Um, I think it definitely helps if you have some kind of audience before you launch, because that's basically how I promoted my podcast in in the beginning and got my first like thousand subscribers and everything like that was from my already existing audience. So I can imagine it would be a lot harder starting from scratch. That said, I think if you're creating content that is super valuable, like either very informative or educational or anything like that, if you're putting that content out there and making a point to like promote yourself and network. So whether you're like sharing that link in Facebook groups or, you know, personally messaging people and asking them to listen to your podcast, like whatever it is you have to do to get those first like few listens. Um, I think it's, it's super doable to build a podcast without an existing following. You just have to be creating content that is like very, very valuable and searchable, like stuff that people are searching to learn because I think podcasts are very, the majority are like educational or entertaining. And I think the entertaining ones work really well with people who already have audiences built because like, for example, my podcast, like I do share some like useful um, episodes, but the majority of them are just like about my life and like friends that I interview and that sort of thing. And so I feel like when you already have an audience, people are kind of nosy and they want to know like more things about you. Um, But if you don't have an audience built yet, then I think a really great way to build up that podcast is to be creating like super meaningful and useful, resourceful, educational content um, that people will want to listen to because they want to learn about whatever thing you know about. How, How do you think that this job and this field could change in the next 10 years? Like, do you think it'll kind of progress or do you think that it might die down? Oh my gosh. Uh, 10 years is like such a wild timeline because if you think like 10 years ago, this industry didn't even really exist. Like Facebook barely was a thing 10 years ago. Instagram, I don't even think was a thing 10 years ago. So so. (laughs) I think in the next 10 years, like 
One, I don't think influencer marketing is going anywhere. Um, As long as people continue to spend time on their phones and continue to watch YouTube videos and consume content and, you know, as long as people's attention is there, brands are always going to be putting their money there because brands are trying to place their product wherever people's attention is. So if people's attention is constantly online and still on Instagram, YouTube, wherever, then those influencers are always going to have a job. Um, However, I think the thing that is going to change is just like the platforms. Like for example, TikTok is becoming so huge right now and it's only like a year and a bit old, I think. Like it's less than two years old, um, which is wild. And I think at some point it might, I don't know if it will surpass Instagram. I think Instagram and Facebook will always be like foundational platforms but there's just always going to be something new. So TikTok is one that's really interesting to me right now. I think YouTube is always going to be growing. Twitch, like live streaming is I think going to become really big as well because people love that like live interaction, um, especially with quarantine right now. Like, yes, I feel like this whole, like the next couple months are really going to establish new digital viewing habits for people because everybody's stuck at home. And so they're going to be creating new viewing habits around YouTube and live streams and that sort of thing. So where people are spending more attention now, they're probably going to continue spending that attention after quarantine, maybe a little bit less time. But like, if you start following someone you know, now you're going to continue to be interested in them five months from now and probably more invested than you were before. And what we've seen in the past two weeks, Twitch, for example, is up 30% viewers since the past two weeks. So from March 8th to March 22nd, they were up 30% in viewers. That's like millions and millions of new people on Twitch watching live streams. Um, Same with TikTok. They had a 30% increase from February to March of 2020 um, in terms of viewers. And I think like all of these increases of people spending more time on their phones, discovering new content creators, it's going to be a really good time to be a content creator um, because people are going to, you know, people are always going to be watching stuff on their phones, whether it's now for eight hours a day or in a year for like two hours a day, like people are just always going to put their attention there. And so as long as people's attention is online, then the industry is always going to exist. Definitely. Uh, Yeah, I was just about to ask, like with the unfortunate situation right now of um, everybody having to be quarantined and all that, uh, do you think that it is a good time for people who have been trying to get into this industry to kind of like take that leap just since so many people are just on their phones all day? (laughs) Yeah, so... I think now is like a very interesting time. I think one, it is an opportune time for brands to be working with influencers because as we just talked about, everybody's attention is online. And so influencers engagement rates are going to be most likely higher now. Um, Although I'm assuming that the brand budgets are going to be dropping over the next couple months as people are spending less money and, you know, a lot of businesses are closing, that sort of thing. But for content creators, um, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. One, because so many people are at home, it means that more people are going to be creating content, which means more competition and like more saturation in the market. On the other hand, I think if you've been waiting to start a podcast, waiting to start a blog, a YouTube channel, whatever, now is the perfect time because 
you have so much time on your hands. You're stuck at home. You can't be doing anything else. And so it's an awesome time to challenge yourself and just experiment with what types of content you want to be creating. Um, just like putting out as much content as you can, creating different things, testing, and not worrying so much about like, oh, can I blow up? But just really focusing on like creating good content, editing, refining your style, all of those things. Because yeah, now if you have extra time, like it's the perfect time to be doing that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I definitely think like with TikTok, like it's it's a bit easier. Of course, you want to get out good content. Um, but I think with TikTok for people trying to uh, just put content out there, it's easy for them to um, kind of put together something quick and put it out. But for a lot of people who are trying to start YouTube, um, having the time is really beneficial because of the saturation. I know that having good quality content and making sure that there's a lot of like effort, I guess, into your videos is uh, goes a lot farther on YouTube than just putting out like a quick, you know, like five minute video. Yep. A hundred percent. Okay. And then my last question is, um, what do you wish somebody would have told you before going into this? So like what advice do you wish you would have gotten and would have given to somebody else before getting into this field? I think, yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on this before, but you just need to have thick skin and be very resilient and patient and, you know, there's so much competition. I think there was a an article with a study um, recently posted that said they interviewed like third graders about what their dream job is. And for the first time ever, they're like the number one dream job is to be a YouTuber or an influencer more than a doctor, more than a lawyer, more than anything. And so there's obviously going to be a lot of competition um, anybody with an iPhone or a phone in general, I guess I'm an iPhone person, but yeah. anybody with a phone can be a content creator. You don't need expensive equipment. You don't need um, fancy things. You don't need a perfectly aesthetic house to be a content creator. You just have to be creative um, and you have to, again, be persistent and resilient and recognize that it is work and it is a hard industry to be in Um because there is a lot of competition and because you're making, you're putting yourself out, out on the internet, you're vulnerable to criticism, you're vulnerable to comments, to people judging you. And I think, you know, I'm really grateful that I didn't really get into this industry until I was already an adult. Like I'm 26 now um, and I get, you know, comments sometimes on TikTok that make me feel pretty awful and not regularly, but you know, every once in a while there's something. And all I can think about is if I was 10 years younger and I didn't already have like the thick skin and the rationale and the understanding um, that most people that make these comments are just hurt people who have nothing better to do. Like if I was younger, I, I don't think I would be able to handle the industry as well because it is very hard and people can be very judgmental. And so I think, you know, that's one thing I'm grateful for being older in the industry. And so if I could tell somebody younger who's like just getting into it to be patient and resilient and like try not to let what other people are doing um, bring you down and also try not to get too caught up in what other people are creating. Um, I think a lot of people will spend a lot of time looking for inspiration or, you know, consuming other people's content. And for me personally, 
I find it gets to a point where I just end up comparing myself to that person's content and feeling like, why can't I do that? (laughs) Or like, why is my stuff not as good as that or whatever? I mean, it kind of spirals. And so I try to prioritize creating content over consuming content. And if you want to be a content creator, I think you really need to set up boundaries around how much content you are actually consuming. Um, I think it's beneficial to obviously, you know, watch other people's stuff, see what's trending, see kind of the styles that are doing well. But at the end of the day, spending more time on your craft and your art and your content than you are consuming other people's because that's really the only way to improve yourself, um, to improve your content, your editing style, and to be super creative is if you are just like finding creativity within yourself. I think if you spend too much time consuming other people's content, it becomes really easy to just compare yourself and easy to like lose inspiration versus if you are just like isolating a little bit and focusing more on the content creation process. Yeah, I can I completely agree with that. And yeah, talking uh, when you're talking about the younger audience and not being able to um, or taking the comments and stuff harder. My younger sister, actually, she is under the age of 12, but she loves uh, creating content. Of course, it's like, you know, her own little art and stuff. It's super cute. But she has a TikTok account and sometimes she'll get like these comments from older people that are just so rude. And I'm like, wow, like if I was her age, like, I don't even know if I could, like, like, handle that. Like, I feel like I would get so upset. And like, she, she doesn't really pay attention to it. But I definitely agree with that. Like with the the younger generations, like that is their goal. And I I love to see that because um, I'm 20 now. And I remember that when I was between the ages of 10 to 15, if I were to tell like my teachers, like, oh, like, I want to be on social media and have this, they just shut it down. Um, so I'm loving that, like, as we kind of progress and stuff here, that it's it's a bit more encouraged. And I like to see, like, little kids' dreams, like, not being crushed. <laughs> yeah, I get it. On the internet, that's, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's like a viable career path now. It's really possible. Um, but just like anything, it's, there's competition and it takes a lot of work. And if you think about becoming a doctor, like you have to take competitive exams to get into competitive medical school, spend like eight years of your life dedicated to the craft before you can actually become a paid doctor. And I think a lot of people look at social media and they're like, oh, well, that's just like an easier path. When no, like sometimes you are spending that same amount of time as you would in any other career to really like build up your credibility, um, refine your skills, like all of these things and invest in yourself too. like going to medical school, you need to invest in school, becoming an influencer or a content creator. You need to invest in yourself and your entrepreneurial journey. So It's not just like an easy path to take. It is very hard. Um, But just like anything, it's it's possible if you're going to invest in yourself and put in the time and work and patience and dedication. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Come hang out on Twitch this week. And until next time, happy self-care Sunday, everyone.